Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube at Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. It would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by sports legal expert Michael McCann, who is a sports and entertainment law director at the New Hampshire Law School. He analyzes legal issues for Sportico. You can follow him on Twitter at McCann Sports Law. You can read me on one thing I've got to back up and mention. Michael and I had taped this broadcast earlier in the day and then news broke. So he was willing to come back on. So I greatly appreciate that from him. And you can read me on ESPN.com. I have a story up now de- detailing the alleged financial improprieties by Washington under owner Dan Snyder. It is a long, exhaustive story based on a 20-page letter that the House Oversight Committee sent to the FT. See, my job here is to simply report and not offer opinions. I can only go where my reporting takes me. A couple weeks ago, I told you my reporting could not take me to certain places. We needed more info and evidence. I spoke to many people in Congress or affiliated with Congress. I've spoken to dozens of people over the last couple of weeks about this. Um, some people who are associated with Congress, some people just to analyze what they thought, um, just to pick their brain on the process, et cetera. There's a lot that goes into this. The people I talked to in Congress a couple weeks ago did not know what the evidence was because it had not trickled down to all the members of the Oversight Committee, and they weren't sure what that meant. Did it mean that there wasn't enough evidence? Did it mean that they were just new with it? There it could be a lot of reasons. Could be they were just they were clearly still processing it. I talked to others who, in hindsight, knew they couldn't say anything at the time, even though they did know some of what was in there. I was told they had something, and I knew something would be coming out early this week. Others said, and the Republican side will say, there was nothing to the allegations, and they'll still say that. They call it a one-sided situation. As a reporter, I'm not here to bring people down. I'm here to report facts and ask others what it means, and the results of those allegations and stories are the results. If people only want me to bring down an owner, that's not my job. My job is to be professional, accurate, and honest, and that's where, again, the results are the results. That clearly won't satisfy some people, but it's been my approach for a few decades now, and it has worked for me. I don't think this situation is over, and a lot will depend on what the FTC decides, of course, to do with what they are provided. There's more to go. In this story, Jason Friedman delivered some of that evidence. I asked McCann what it means and how he processes the info that was unveiled today. As you recall, Friedman worked for the team for 24 years in the ticket department. I do not have legal expertise. McCann does, so I pay attention to his analysis, and you should too. One thing I do know is in talking to people with the team now, they are well aware, well aware of the need to rebuild the trust with the public, and some of that stems from some things I heard in regards to how the team used to treat season ticket holders. 
The group now is not responsible for those allegations, but they are the ones tasked with rebuilding that trust. There's a reason why this season ticket base has dwindled to as low as it has. When I asked somebody recently what it was, they didn't want to share what it had been before this offseason because of how low it had gotten. I did see a tweet that they reported that they have 4,000 new season ticket holders this year. It's not, it's a good jump for them, but I think it's still a small season ticket base. They're well aware of how long it will take to rebuild that trust. It's going to take a number of years in addition to a number of things, especially for ticket holders, as they see whether or not promises are kept, unlike what some say they encountered in the past. In the past, the feeling was they were too often that trust or the promises were made but not kept. And according to this letter, it was and in this letter, there were multiple people named in Friedman's allegations who contributed to all of these situations. And I stress these continue to just be allegations from an employee that we did provide more than just his words or accusations. Like you, I'd prefer to talk about football and the draft or just focus on more important matters. About 10 minutes after I learned about the contents of the letter this morning, I received word that my wife's aunt, with whom we were very close, had died. We did, we, this was, for us, this was sudden. I would have preferred to be with my wife's family at the hospital instead of writing this story. But this is a never-ending story and one that exhausts more than just the head coach. But it's an important one, and it will continue to be covered and discussed with care. So with that, let's bring in legal, a legal expert to discuss what all this new information means. I'll be back after this break with sports legal expert Michael McCann. What does he think of the evidence submitted to the FTC, and how will this impact Dan Snyder's ownership? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Guys, if you're looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have a little bit of fun, let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets will help you combat all forms of ED. Plus, it's an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers are going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strengths for your personal subscription. Plus, their tablets are made in the United States. They prepare, they ship direct, and it's so much cheaper than going through a pharmacy. 
And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for being a sponsor of our show. Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with Michael McCann. I, I'm going to tell Michael, welcome back, because we actually recorded something earlier today in which we went over the whole investigation situation. And then about an hour later, so a lot of things changed here, Michael. So I appreciate you coming back, and I want to make sure we address this topic properly. So in, in general, we, we saw the letter now that Congress, the Oversight Committee, sent to the FTC you had a chance to look at it in general, your initial thoughts. Well, John, I think the big thing is that there's just a lot more detail than we knew, that the detail goes into specifics about allegations of two sets of books, uh, into concealing revenue from the NFL in a way that allegedly involved assigning that revenue to other events, concerts, college football games, whatever they may be. So there were some specifics there that jumped out at me that it, it, it's, a, it's a more convincing claim by, uh, by the person that's bringing it because there's at least some level of specificity. There are also emails. I mean, we haven't seen the emails, but right. we're, we, we've seen the summary of them from a letter that two members of Congress wrote. So it, it certainly is troubling for the commanders if it's true. Now, there's still, but most of what's in that letter appears to be attributed to one person. Uh, there, there's another person referenced, but, but most of it is one person, though the emails, if in fact what they said are, if they're real emails, if they're authenticated, uh, it's got to be worrisome for the team. Were some of those allegations, did any of them jump out more than others as far as something that could be more problematic? Well, from an NFL standpoint, I think the the idea that they're they're using two sets of books, if that's true, and that they're putting revenue that should go towards NFL games into non-NFL events, I think that's a big deal just from the NFL world. Not necessarily the law, but in terms of how the NFL is going to react to it. Now, have other teams done this? I don't know. I mean, this is sort of, you know, I always think of if you're in a league and one team is doing something, they may not be the only one doing it. So I, I'm not, you know, I have no idea, right? We just know that this information is coming to light because of an investigation. If that same investigation were to look at other teams, you know, could other teams be doing the same thing? We, we don't know. We know that one team is accused of it. That jumps out at me. I would also say the idea of not returning security deposits to customers, to fans, and encouraging them or directing them from buying cheaper tickets to paying more money and to going on a waiting list that's going to really aggravate people that have spent money. Right. And during those years, as you know, there were some bad years for the team and they were out there supporting them. If I were a fan, I would, if it's true, I would be pretty angry. And that's going to get the interest of the federal trade commission, which is charged with protecting consumers could also get the attention of state's attorneys general where, where fans are from. So there's that element to it as well. From a law perspective, what would you need to see, you know, I guess to say like, hey, this is a real thing. The emails, everything seems damning right now. So what would you need to see from a legal perspective? Yeah, one is let's look at the emails. Let's see these. I mean, it's fine to see a summary of them and excerpts of them, but 
sometimes when there are summaries and excerpts, context is is not put into it. So I'd want to see everything. Also, it looks like this was not testimony, but instead it was from an interview, which isn't the same thing. So there's no, it, it doesn't mean it's untrue, but with sworn testimony, the witness has the risk of being charged with perjury. If this was just an interview, there's still a risk of being charged with obstructing justice, lying to the government. I mean, there's other things, but it's not quite the same. So uh, also, I, you know, there are a lot of people referenced in this, right? The, it, other people that work, I, I want to hear from them. Uh, right. maybe, maybe we will. But I, with everything, there's two sides to every story. So I'd want to know more. And, it, and it, just for as a reporter, I reached out to all those people and I haven't heard back. So because for the same reason, you need to hear from from their side, too, because they are this is some serious allegations against them, not just the team, but against them personally as well. How do you think as far as one of the, the topic is always what does this mean for Dan Snyder's ownership? Look, we have we haven't seen an owner kicked out by a vote. A majority owner kicked out. Will this be the one? that does it, I, I guess it's possible, but it's really hard to expel an owner. It requires three quarters of the other teams to go along with it. it. Like we talked about earlier, John, this ticket stuff, is Washington the only team doing it? Because if there are other teams that are doing it, for any element of this, whether it be not sharing revenue, whether it be saying the revenue from one game goes to another, whether it's directing fans from buying cheap te- uh, to seats. If, if any of that is occurring with other teams, they, they should be a little bit reticent uh, before they jump in and, and attack because, you know, the people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. So I, I'd want to know more about the other teams before jumping to, oh, this is, this is the end of Daniel Snyder. He's faced a lot of stuff and there's never been a vote. There's never been a recommendation that he be expelled. If it turns out that this is true and that other teams aren't doing this or something like it, then yeah, he, he would be at some risk. But there's, there's a lot of daylight between those two scenarios. Do you think if the FTC looks at this and says, okay, we've got to investigate, do you think they would then go to other teams or would that be maybe finding some stuff in relation in, in, in terms of their investigation of here? It's a great question. If I'm the FTC and one team is doing it, my instinct is going to be, they're not the only one. So they could launch a league wide investigation conceivably. Uh, What, what makes this one team so different? Yeah. I realize they have Dan Snyder as the owner and he's unpopular. If I'm a lawyer looking at this, I'm going to say, once you see one evidence of a team doing it, it just invites the question that they're not alone. And then, as we discussed earlier, too, if they try, let's say it progresses to the point where it's like Dan, they, they want to take a vote here, how long, what could Dan Snyder do in terms of filing court, you know, in terms of courts to hold this up? And how long could that, how long could this drag on? Yeah, it could drag on a while. So the, the FTC has, has pretty substantial authority in doing investigations. I, I don't know how he'd be able to stop that unless it interfered with attorney-client privilege or other other documents. So that would that would he would face a tough task there. Now, if the FTC sues the team and sues him, he'd be able to offer a defense. Uh, if it's referred to the Department of Justice, then it 
conceivably takes on a criminal matter. I mean, we're nowhere near there, so I don't even want to suggest that. Sure. But but he he would have the ability to contest the allegations. He could he could argue this is defamatory. I mean, there there are different things he could do. I but in terms of the FTC, they they have a pretty good amount of power, so they could they could cause some headaches. What would the FTC be looking at? Again, we, we, we've heard of the emails. We've seen the documentation from that. What would they be looking at to see that this is a legit thing? They, they're going to want to see if there's consumer harm. That's going to be their focus. Let, less so the NFL world. Their, their focus is going to be on were consumers denied money they should have got? Or were they sort of tricked, I think the letter used the word tricked into paying more money for tickets. And they're going to be most likely focused on those things before looking at other stuff, because I think their focus is going to be, they're charged with protecting consumers. Those are consumer issues. And if I'm the team, I'm worried because those are my fans, right? You know, this is not a random group of people. These are the people that are your fans. So if they're being treated poorly, that, that's not going to help. What kind of evidence would they be looking to, to receive? Because again, would the emails be enough for them? Or are they gonna, what, what are they going to need to see, do you think, to say that, okay, this is more than legit? They're going to want to see the, they're going to want to see the actual emails, not summaries or excerpts of them. Secondly, they're going to want to speak with the people mentioned in those emails and allow them to maybe explain these emails in a light that's different than as they're presented in the letter. So that would be a starting point. And they may want information from the NFL on tickets, on this whole process. Is, the, is what this team is accused of doing, how do we know it's so unique? Their instinct is going to be, let's answer the question in the letter, which is this particular team is accused of stealing money from consumers, right? That's essentially what it is, that they're not returning money owed. They're going to think, well, if one team's doing it, let's look to see if this is some sort of pattern of misconduct. What could what information could be provided? Because, again, as, as you said, it's, it's one source. It's corroborated by somebody who worked for him. And they certainly seem pretty damning again. But the Republican spokesman comes out and says, hey, she calls it cherry picked, one sided. What could what could another side present that could buttress this if that's what their goal is to do or if that's what they're trying to do? Well, yeah, right. The Republicans have said this is a this is a disgruntled former employee whose whose allegations have not been corroborated by anyone else. So if I'm the Republicans, I'm going to say, let's find other people that will support that critique, that there are people who rebut what's in uh, the letter that can actually say this is untrue, that will go on record as saying this is untrue. As we talked about earlier, there are a lot of people mentioned in these emails. Right. Maybe one of them will say, this is, this is totally untrue. This is mischaracterizing, misframing what emails were intended to mean. And that this person has a history of workplace you know, issues. Now, he was there for, t- what, 24 years. 24 so years, yeah. you know, that's a long, it's a long time. This is not someone that's there three months and then right. makes a bunch of accusations and leaves. So he... You know, that, that's not going to help the team that he was a longtime employee, but maybe there are other employees that will offer a different narrative. And like you said, there's a long way to go, but still a long way to go, I guess, between from now to, hey, could Dan Snyder be out? But overall, how even just for the NFL, how bad has this offseason been for them in terms of 
these lawsuits, whether it's this congressional investigation, the Brian Flores situation, how bad has it been for the NFL? Well, they're, I feel like every year they have some sort of legal controversy, which I guess is good for folks like me because it keeps me, yeah. gives me things to write about. But, you know, I, I would answer that in two ways. The short, the, the sort of, the, the, you're, you're right to point out there is a storm of issues that are hitting the league. The Brian Flores lawsuit, this, and, and, and now attorneys generals of six states right. are looking into workplace misconduct issues. Presumably, presumably involving teams in those states. So yeah, there's a lot going on. On the other hand, will this have any effect on ratings? Will this have any effect on attendance? When the season starts, will, will uh, people still be talking about it? I think this is, there always seems to be a disconnect between these very serious legal issues and I mean, and go back to concussions, right? I mean, that, that we're talking about people's health. It didn't seem to have any impact as far as I can tell, on fan interest. So I, my sense is that this will be a source of controversy, but people are, are look, I, I'm, I'm guilty. I watch the games. I enjoy watching the games. So, you know, like this, there, there's a disconnect between this, this, these controversies and fan interest, which, which appears to be as high as ever. Last thing, what do you think is the next step here? I think the next step is the FTC will probably, well, I mean, a couple of things. One is I think we'll hear some sort of response from those that are mentioned in the emails. They'll, they'll likely, they'll hire a lawyer if they haven't already, they, they should. And uh, that lawyer will issue some sort of statement denying allegations. Uh, the team will probably offer a more robust rebuttal of what's been alleged than simply saying it's untrue. I think now there's a lot of specifics here. They're, they're going to have to tackle this. And this pro- it's not something they're going to they're going to do immediately. They'll probably take several days. I mean, part of this now is let's figure out the facts. Some of this stuff is from a decade ago. A lot of the folks that were there then are no longer there. So, so tracing back, getting all the evidence and information is going to be part of it. Uh, the FTC will probably issue some sort of statement saying we're going to look into this that will likely not yield any sort of immediate return. Uh, and the NFL will presumably say that they're going to look into this just like they have with every other controversy. They'll hire Mary Jo White's already investigating. So maybe her charge will be expanded. So, I mean, in, in a way there's sort of a script to these things that I think we'll, we'll likely see play out. Michael, I appreciate your time. And I need to tell people that you, you analyze this. You wrote about this for Sportico. People can go check it out there and tell people where they can also, they can find you on Twitter and social media and, and follow your work. No, oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter, McCann Sports Law. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. I know LinkedIn, you know, for younger folks is maybe as interesting, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and I'm, I'm not on Instagram though. So I have found LinkedIn to be very important during this investigation. So there Definitely. you go. Again, read them on Sportico as well. So thank you very much for coming back on. You got it. Thanks, John. I'll talk to you later. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with more football talk on Friday. I had a long conversation with former Washington safety Matt Bowen. And at some point, you're going to hear it all. And it was really good. I'll talk to you next time.